This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 400. What? 400. Holy cow. This interview today is with Ali Levine. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the show, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 400. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Born and raised in New York, Ali Levine has worked for some of the biggest names in the fashion industry, including Fragments, Talbots, Coach, and Target as part of development and design. Ali relocated to Los Angeles, California, where she fell head over heels in love with wardrobe styling. She's an expert when it comes to creating looks for her celebrity clients. From red carpet appearances, music videos, to world tours, Ali is a unique thumbprint that displays her talent as a fashion stylist. Allie's New York persona took the limelight when she recently appeared with her husband on the Bravo hit show Stripped. As a TV correspondent, she's covered red carpet events for Celebrity Page TV and makes regular appearances promoting herself as a brand. Allie's vibrant personality lights up the red carpet and her TV appearances. After Allie's recent birth of her daughter, Amelia, she's transitioned to a mompreneur and mommy influencer across the board. Listen in to hear Allie share why confidence is your greatest accessory and how to step into your confidence when you're really not feeling it. Her philosophy around there is peace in the pause, especially when life feels chaotic. Her very naked, literally naked experience on the Bravo show Stripped. How being on Stripped prepared her for her traumatic birth experience and postpartum depression. The specific steps that she took to work through postpartum depression. Her use of CBD in postpartum depression recovery and how PPD prepared her for all the goods, all the things, all the hardships and the magical things that come with motherhood. So here we go. This is a fun conversation. Let's dive in with Allie Levine. Allie Levine, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Sarah. This is going to be fun. So tell people the name of your show because I was recently on your show. So let's just go ahead and cross promote right away. Thank you. Yeah. And so uh, that episode actually is coming out very soon. And the uh, show is called Strip Down, S-T-R-I-P-T-D, Down, Strip Down with Allie Levine. 
playing off me being on the crazy show on Bravo Stripped. <laughs> yes. And it's all about real raw motherhood and stripping down to your true self. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm so excited to talk to you about the Bravo show. But before we do that, <laughs> I want you to tell listeners a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Oh, okay. So I wear many hats as most of us do these days. <laughs> I feel like I'm a true mompreneur, which I'm very proud of because I feel like as difficult and as hard and challenging as it can be, it is extremely rewarding to myself to be able to get so much done and be able to run many businesses and be my own entrepreneur and self-employed as well as a very present focus, you know, stay at home working full-time mom. And I actually just came out of a wardrobe fitting for the AMAs. I started in the styling and fashion world. Fashion has always been my passion, always will be. I always say confidence is your best accessory. I think yes. I've really oh <laughs> learned that even more so for myself as being a new mama, as you know, motherhood is a whole new wave of uh, emotions and changes. Yeah. And I really love to, you know, bring that out to my mom community and really anyone that I'm working with. And then, you know, influencer and content creator, blogger, podcaster. Um, I love wearing all my different, many fashionable hats and feel very, you know, grateful that I get to be in the space. And then I also do segments that I really enjoy. I have a few coming up this week and next week in Vegas and in LA that I go on different shows and give like hacks, whether it be mom hacks or fashion and beauty and lifestyle hacks. And I love bringing amazing products and brands to different people and showing them, you know, different ways to wear them, use them and, you know, just explore all new products that maybe they wouldn't know about. So I really love getting to be a part of that. So fun. I want to go back to what you said about confidence being your greatest accessory. I love that so much. Can you talk a little bit about what that is meant to you like post motherhood, I'm imagining that maybe has shifted a little bit. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, when I was younger and I was first quoted by, you know, by the New York Times in one of my first like huge, you know, like press articles for styling. And I said, confidence is your best accessory. And when I was young, you know, I said it, of course, meaning it and believing it. But when I went through, you know, the changes, like you said, in motherhood and postpartum and actually going through heavy postpartum depression and, you know, all of those things you really have to like look at yourself and be like, wow, even if I don't maybe look the way I want to look right now, and maybe I don't, you know, feel the way I want to feel right now, you really have to dig into that like inner confidence of you and pull that out of you and be like, but confidence is my best accessory. And I absolutely had to like reprogram my brain and tell myself that and be like, Ali, practice what you preach and like really work on that. And even some days now, you know, when I have my moments and I, you know, get down, I have to remind myself of that and say like, that is something you truly believe for others and you have to believe it for yourself as well. Yeah. Do you have certain like practices or routines that allow you to go from that place of feeling like when you're in a rough spot, having a bad day to push yourself into that place of feeling confident or at least presenting as if you feel confident. Yeah. Or presenting for sure. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And it's like, I think it's important, you know, to talk about that because I think so many of us, you know, we all have those moments, especially being on social media where we like get into these rabbit holes and we, you know, get down and sometimes it's hard to get out. And it's like, for me, I've had to really be mindful of that and pay attention to when I'm feeling like that and pull myself out of it. And meditation has been a huge part of my life and it was a major part of my postpartum depression journey and, you know, getting me back to a much more happy and, you know, stable emotional place for myself. And so I really believe in meditation and what it does for your mind, affirmations. I try to definitely unplug every day. As long as I'd like to, some days I try to at least unplug. Like I even have a note here in front of me that like reminds me that says unplug every day. Good morning, sunshine. It's time to get off the grid and disconnect from the stream yes. of tech disruptions and keep you from really connecting to what matters. When you unplug, you find your stillness and your peace in the pause. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to remind myself like there is peace in the pause and like mm. we all have to pause. And I think the more that I remind myself like it's okay to pause and it's actually really important for my growth and my involvement and everything else, the more I allow myself to fall into that beautiful meditation, those affirmations, writing things down in my journal of what I'm grateful for, and reminding myself of those things when I'm in a moment of chaos, or I'm in a moment of, like you said, you know, feeling down and having a hard time coming back up. That's where I really find my confidence again. 
I love that. Yeah. And that can be a hard reminder when things feel busy, frantic, chaotic, and exhausting and like all those things. And it's like, it doesn't feel natural in that moment Mm -hmm. when you're in that chaos to pause, but it's actually the best thing you can do is pause. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have to really, really catch myself with that because I can get into these very highly reactive states where I'm just trying to like do, do, do and feeling frustrated and annoyed. And yeah, I have to often be like, this is the time when you actually need to go for a 10 minute walk (laughs) rather than being like, I don't have time. so hard right you're like well but I don't want to and I have to power through and this getting done and then it's funny like I'm the same as you and I'll stop and I'll pause and then I'll come back and all of a sudden like somehow that problem got fixed and then this happened and then oh my gosh a new opportunity came in and I'm like oh my gosh there is beauty in pause and I have to like remind myself of that yeah absolutely okay I want to talk about stripped so tell people (laughs) I'm so excited what's funny is I'm like a Bravo fanatic. I love Real Housewives. Love that is like my absolute like favorite escape. And I and I pride myself on it. Like it is, I do not keep it a secret, but I'd never no, heard. Why, why should you? So many people feel that way. Like, I know. I mean, you know, like, there's so many good shows. On yes. Like, I'm with you. I mean, I was, you know, watching and dressing those people before I was on the network. So I, I know you've dressed Lisa Vanderpump. I- Yes, oh I love her. Gosh. I dressed Vanderpump. I've dressed Sheena and Ariana and Alala and Katie Maloney. And oh, I've, I've, so I've been, fun. you know, I've been with the like Bravo and E family like many years back before people realized like I even was, you know, on strip. So it's just funny because I've like, you know, been a part of that world for yeah. a very long time. Oh, like gosh. when that show, you know, Vanderpump Rules was even not even a thing. Like people didn't even really know it was like a big show. And then yeah. all of a sudden it took off and everyone was like, wait, you used to dress all those people. And I was like, yeah, I've known them from the beginning. You know, it's like, it's oh, pretty funny. So fun. So cool. Yeah. So you were on a Bravo show called Stripped. And yeah. I went and looked it up because in my mind, I was like, oh, it must have been like around styling people, like stripping them down and then like restyling mm-hmm. them or like makeovers. No, I was like, this like, is. Oh, are you a stripper? And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, then, and then that was the next thing I thought. I was like, oh, because I was trying to make it fit with you being a stylist. So then that, sure. and then I was like, oh, yes. or maybe it was a stripping show. So then I'm like, so I Google it. And then I see when I Google image Bravo stripped, it's all these naked couples standing to each other. And I was like, this is not what I was expecting. So tell us about the show. Tell us how you got there, what the show was all about. And around the transformation that you experienced as well. Yeah. So you know how we were talking about that pause? (laughs) (laughs) This episode is supported by Air Doctor. You probably don't know that Americans take in about 20,000 breaths per day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors. The indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. Indoor air pollutants can cause upper respiratory symptoms like sneezing, coughing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I am so excited that we just got our own Air Doctor for our house, and we will have it all up and running and ready to go in time for all the things that come with spring weather, but also smoke season, which is just around the corner for those of us in the Pacific Northwest. And I know many of you across the country. So here's how you can get your own Air Doctor. First of all, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS and you'll receive up to $300 off of air purifiers. Exclusive to our podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro, A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS. That's airdoctorpro.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, 
IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Stripped was like all about you learning that pause. And as crazy as that show was, so any like backstory. So like I said, you know, I've been styling for many years in this business. I've styled, you know, a bunch of people on Vanderpump Rules. I've styled people on E. You know, I've been in that family. It was Vanderpump, you know, many people. So Bravo, you know, knew me, you know, from the different circles. And so when they got ready to do the show, I had already actually been in talks for another show that they were doing. It actually never went through because, you know, typical. It was like a fashion show, you know, with stylists and whatnot. And it was like a competitive show and I was all for it, you know, and I was like supposed to do it. And then, you know, got pushed aside. And then this show came through and they had already had my info and casting and they were like, Ooh, we'd love to have you be a part of this. And I was like, what? It's not fashion. It's not like anything I want to do. Like, no, you know? And they were like, oh, but you're like a celebrity stylist and we would love to like take all your shit away because, <laughs> you know, the premise of the show is having everything taken away for 21 mm-hmm. days. And what do you learn? And like, especially the materials in your life, mm-hmm. because we all are consumed with materials, even if we don't realize it. And so that was kind of like what Bravo wanted to drive home with this show stripped. And so it was like, oh, Ali, you should do this. It'd be really good for you. And I was like, no way. And then my husband, Justin, was like, this be really good for you. Like, you know, you need a reset. Like you always have your head in like, you know, Louboutin shoes and like your biggest drama is this client. He's like, you know, this should be like really good for you. And I was like, oh, thanks, hon. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know oh, basically you think I'm crazy. You know, thanks. Okay, noted, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> basically he kind of pushed it. And then, you know, they had talked to me more in casting. And when they met Justin, they were like, oh my God, well, you guys have to do it together. And my mm-hmm. husband is like, so not someone to turn down a challenge. Like he rises to any challenge and he like loves to do it. Oh so he was like, yeah, let's do it. I've got this. Like, I don't need anything. And I was like, oh my God. So <laughs> we wound up, you know, being on the show. So and- when they take everything away, so where are you living? So you're home. Okay? okay. Like that's kind of the most bizarre part about it is that like, I thought like they take us somewhere and like take everything away, mm-hmm. but no, you're in your home and they remove everything from your home. And it like feels so weird. Cause you don't feel like you're home anymore. Cause yeah. they like strip your walls. They take everything down. Like literally it's just bare. And you're just like sitting there like, okay. And all they give you is water, toilet paper, and like food rations. And like, we're talking like the nasty military, no offense, I MREs, like, wow. you know, spacey food, like, you know what I mean? Like, not what you're used to eating, or at least most right. of us are not used to eating. I certainly wasn't. Yeah. So it was so intense. And it was like, you know, when they first do it, you're like, oh, this is a joke. Like, you kind of are like, wait, this is what I signed up for. Right. And you're and like, actually, was... like, where's the behind the food, like, yeah, exactly. fo- the like, behind the scenes food table? This when we're not filming. Right. Exactly. exactly. And they were like, no, Allie, like, this is what you're going through. Like, this is your journey. And I was like, what? Wait, what? You know, it's yeah. like, I'm like, no, seriously though. And they're like, no, this is the show. Like everything is taken away from you. And you get to ask for one thing back every day. And it was like, oh my God, this is so intense. So it was like, for me, especially when they took our clothing away, I felt so vulnerable. And like, I guess it makes sense for me because I'm especially being in fashion and how I like, you know, clothing and how we're saying confidence, your best accessory. Like to me, especially at that time, your outfits and your clothing and all that was like your, you know, best accessory. So it was like very uncomfortable and very vulnerable for me not to have those things and to have that taken away from me and to just be sitting there, you know, (laughs) naked, you know, blurred on, you know, screen. And so, and definitely not blurred in real life. (laughs) Uh, You know what I mean? So as like respectful as producers can be, you're still sitting there with them and you're like, "Mm, Hey, you know, Uh, that sounds so awkward sitting (laughs) in your house naked with a camera crew. (laughs) Exactly. With a camera crew, like no big deal. And I'd be like hiding, like literally it was so funny. Like one day I went and like grabbed like their like camera gear and they had this like blanket thing and I like threw it over me and they're like, you know, you can't really do that. And I was like, 
like I don't want anyone to see me right now. Like I will take it off when you start filming, but like this minute, I just don't want to be looked at as producers. And they're like, no one's looking at you. And I'm like, I know, but I feel like they're looking at me. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Like, yeah, that level of exposure. Yeah. Are you naked for the whole 21 very- days? Yeah, we went the whole 21 days and it was intense. And it was like, you know, in the beginning, honestly, it was really hard. And there were a lot of days where I was like, of course, cursing everybody out and like, F you and I don't want to do this. And I really like didn't want a part of it. And then when I finally kind of allowed myself to get into it and they were like, listen, like you really want to learn from this and you want to be, you know, experiencing from this. And I started to like, kind of chill out and allow that pause to happen Mm. because at first I fought it heavily it was like oh my god like this is so insane and I don't have my phone and my clients are trying to get a hold of me and I don't know what's happening you know it was like Mm -hmm. totally torturous and so confusing and like just complete mind-boggling and so probably disorienting a little bit like very disorienting disorienting in terms of like I mean you're like pretty much stripped of your identity or right any external components of your identity yes pretty much yeah and you're just sitting there like uh okay, you know, and it's like just you and your husband. It's like, I love my husband, but it's like, I don't sit with him for, you know, 24 hours a day naked, you know, like doing nothing. And we're just kind of sitting there. And it's like, wow, we also really learned like we were made of as a couple because we had to have all these like hard, heavy conversations about like our lives and, you know, our marriage and, you know, our careers and this and that. And it was like, wow, this is like really freaking vulnerable, man. Like regardless that we're doing this show. And I think it just really made us closer because it made us realize how much we like valued each other and Mm -hmm. maybe how we didn't take a pause and spend as much time with one another and, you know, value each other for that. And, you know, all those small things in our relationship. And then of course, during filming, you know, Justin brought up that, you know, he really wanted a family and he was waiting on me to be ready. And he felt like it was never going to happen. And like, that was really hard for me because, you know, I moved to California being like, this is my career. Mm -hmm. My career is somebody styling. This is my baby. Like I'm giving up everything to leave my friends and family to come out here and like, you know, build my career and my empire. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, at first it felt very unfair to me that like he was putting me in that position. And it was like, we had this conversation of course, before we like when we were dating, getting married, but it was like, okay, I told you one day, but I'm not ready yet. And I think during stripped, I kind of learned like, okay, maybe I'm never going to be ready because I'm never going to allow myself to take that pause. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm never, I'm going to always be afraid. Like how you were saying earlier when you're like frantic and busy and you just want to just keep going and you don't want to stop and reflect because like, that's a hard thing to do. And I think that stripped really was a huge part of that transformation for me is it was like that beginning pause, you know, from the universe, from God, whatever you want to believe, like for me personally in that growth to experience like, wow, this is like my pause. This is like Mm -hmm. my reality check, you know, to be like, you're not present. You know, you are not thinking about the future. You are not even thinking about like your own self and like your personal life. You're just concerned about your career. And don't get me wrong, like your career is amazing. But it's like, I had to learn like your career does not define you, Mm -hmm. you know, and your career is not everything. Yes, it's a huge part of you. Yes, a huge part of all of us. We're all, you know, very big on, you know, working hard and our accomplishments. But at the end of the day, they really don't define us. What what defines us is us, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think I lost sight of that. Mm -hmm. And when Stripped came to be, I started to, like, really realize that. And then, you know, after we had filmed, I think from having so many conversations about all of that and, you know, wanting to just wanting to start a family and this and that, it kind of just like, like the universe was kind of just like, oh, well, here it is, you know, because like, right, you know, shortly after we were, you know, we were pregnant, you know, with Amelia kind of very unexpectedly. Mm. And it was like, whoa, okay, well, I guess we're doing this. And as much as it was like a crazy, you know, amazing, yet scary AF, you know, surprise, it was like, wow, this is like the right timing, because I was never really going to make that time for it to happen. And the universe kind of just gave it to me and was like, here you go, you're gonna figure it out. You know? Yeah, yeah. What was your response to pregnancy have been if you had not done stripped and gotten pregnant? Mm, That's a really good question. To be honest, I don't know if I would have received it the same way. I don't know if I would have been so open because before stripped, like I was in that same we were talking about before, like that chaos, that tornado, that constant hamster wheel, just go, 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 don't know how to stop, don't know how to turn off, keep it moving, don't stop, you know, like, just, you know, keep climbing that ladder, keep going, keep going, keep going. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. 
but it's really not sustainable. Like when I think back to like how I was and how I am now, I'm like, wow, I was going to eventually get a crash and burn, Yeah. you know? And when I think back to that, I'm like, wow, had I gotten pregnant then and maybe had not had experience stripped and never really knew like what a pause was and the importance of reflecting and, you know, being in that place, maybe I wouldn't have received it as well. Maybe mm-hmm. I would have been like, oh my God, this is going to, you know, end everything. Like, you know, I, I'm very grateful as, as much as Strip was a crazy show, you know, on Bravo and everything. Like I even tell the producers, like, you know, you guys really gave me perspective and you guys like really, you know, honestly made, you know, my life better. And I feel like I learned a lot from it. And, you know, even after, you know, the show and getting pregnant, it was like, I felt like I transformed so much. And then after actually becoming a mom, I felt like even more so, you know, from that experience to then going through my postpartum depression, I almost felt like stripped was maybe like, I don't know, like a before of the postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. Like it was like, maybe it was getting me ready to go through that because it was like, you know, I basically felt completely stripped away when I had Amelia and when I kind of, like you said, like lost my identity and feeling of Allie when I went through everything. And I wonder like, wow, was that kind of the universe first trying to like show that to me that like it was trying to help me take a pause and help me try to refocus on myself. And Mm -hmm. then I didn't maybe learn the full lesson. So then once I had my daughter, then the postpartum depression kicked and I was like, well, now you're going to learn this lesson. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like sometimes I wonder, I feel like the universe does give you those signs and some of them are like nice little nudges and like little kicks. And then after you don't pay attention, it's like, boom, guess what? You're going to pay attention now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also think that our past experiences qualify us for our future experiences. And so, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. having gone through what you went through and stripped and having that intense vulnerability and that intense time to reflect and work through a lot of different emotions and kind of check yourself in different ways probably really prepared you in a lot of ways to endure postpartum depression and work through postpartum depression. And, and, you know, you had already been able to practice vulnerability previous to having Amelia and now you were able, so that, you know, kind of qualified you to work through it at that Mm -hmm. time. Can you talk a little bit about, so you had, I know that you said, you've told me you had a traumatic birth experience and then after that, entered into this journey of postpartum depression. Can you talk a little bit about what all that looked like for you? Yeah. So, you know, my birth, of course, being the stubborn New Yorker that I am and everything, I wanted a certain birth plan. And, you know, I had my like absolute, no, this is not going to happen. And this is what's going to happen. And, you know, made a plan. You thought you were going to control it all. (laughs) Yeah, I thought I was going to control it all. And I was like, haha, funny. Right, right, right. right. Uh, You know, it's like anyone listening, you know, knows that's laughable. And anyone who hasn't given birth, like just a heads up, don't try to control, you know, it's like, you know, I was like, if someone had told me that I've been like, oh, okay. You know, it was like, I had no clue. And I, you know, tried to control everything. And I think that affected a lot too. And I wanted a water birth and I wanted a tub birth and I wanted a natural birth. And so long story short, like, you know, I had 30 hours at my birth center and after 30 hours, my midwife was like, listen, it's not happening the way we want it to. I think we need to go get interventions. And I had had, you know, a backup doctor, God forbid I'd wound up in that situation. And so we went to the hospital and, you know, they checked me and everything was fine. So he was like, you can keep laboring, like everything's cool. So I'm like, all right, fine, I'll keep laboring. So like I keep going and they put me on Pitocin, which like I didn't want because I was one of my like, you know, I, I'm not someone who really, honestly, really, not that anybody really loves the hospital, but I really don't enjoy being at doctors or the hospital. Mm-hmm. I've always been that way. I always get anxiety. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but my mom said I've been that way since I was like a super young kid. So it's never been a comfort zone for me. It's never been something that I like really want to do. And like, I always, I think make it worse than it is. So I knew that, which is probably why I didn't want that, you know, with my birth. And so once it was like Pitocin, I didn't want that. And I felt very uncomfortable and epidural, I was very uncomfortable and all of that like made me super sick in the hospital. And I like really wasn't comfortable mentally or physically. And so then after all that, I kept pushing and pushing, got to almost nine centimeters. Amelia still wasn't coming. She had shot down back up twice in the canal. Yeah. And my doctor was like, okay, um, this may not go the way we want it to go. And I was like, oh my God. And so thank God, I appreciate that he kind of let me make the call to have the C-section versus like being an emergency, which I know can be even more traumatic, but Mm -hmm. it was still obviously not what I expected or what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And so that was quite traumatic in itself. And then just having a C-section in itself was traumatic for me. And so all that, you know, and then coming home and then having trouble breastfeeding because my milk hadn't dropped from having a C-section and just, you know, Mm -hmm. the list went on. And it was like, for me, 
I felt like everything I wanted, everything, again, like you said, I wanted to control everything I wanted to like, quote unquote, in my head achieve as a new mom, I wasn't achieving. So I was failing because like the opposite of achieving is failing. Right. So it was like everything to me was just like, this isn't happening. That isn't happening. Like, what is wrong with me? Like, this can't be motherhood. This is not what I signed up for. This is not what I told myself, you know, it was going to be. And it was just like this mess. And then I think, you know, from there, I just kept falling into this like heavier isolation and like heavier feeling of like, I don't belong. And what am I doing? And like, this isn't right. And I love her, but I don't love me. And it was just really awful, like black hole feeling that just kept continuing. And so I think that's what really led me into, you know, that actual postpartum depression. And then like when I, once I was there, I just felt like I was suffocating. I just felt like I couldn't get out. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Did you recognize that you were in that or did someone else have to say like, you might be experiencing postpartum depression? I had a couple of friends and my husband kind of say it to me mm-hmm. without like kind of exactly saying it. And mm-hmm. I kind of didn't really take it. And I was just like, no, it's fine. Like, I'm just, I'm up and down my hormones. I'm not, you know, I'm upset, but it's like, whatever. And my personality is like, I try to fix everything myself. Mm-hmm. So I like went and got a massage or my nails done, like, you know, like my lashes done, like do all these things that like I thought would make me feel pretty and feel good. And it was like work for like a couple of days. And then I go back to feeling the way I would feel. And it was just like this vicious cycle. And I think like, you know, when I finally was laying in bed with my husband and like breaking down and bawling to him and telling him how dark I felt, I think that's when he kind of like had his wake up call and he was like, okay you're not in a good place. Like, I don't want to say things to you that I shouldn't, but at the same time, like, I don't want to watch you go down like this Mm -hmm. anymore. You know? And it was like, he was the one who kind of really pushed it. And then he pushed me to like text my midwife and like my doula and like my, my birth team that I had. And 
they were the ones who were like, yeah, okay. Like we need to help you get help. And luckily, you know, regardless, my birth didn't go the way I wanted. I was very thankful that I had that team because Mm -hmm. they were very supportive to me during that postpartum, you know, season and everything. Yeah. How old was Amelia during that time when you got treatment for postpartum depression? Uh, Around like three months, three and a half months. Okay. And it went to about like eight, well, nine, 10 months probably when I was like finally starting to like be me again. I would say like eight months, like when I started like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, if Mm -hmm. you will. But Mm -hmm. I started like really feeling like Allie again when I got closer to like the year mark and like, you know, starting to come out of that like darkness and be like, oh my God, I survived, you know? But yeah, it was, um, it was very unexpected and it was very, very hard to navigate. And Mm -hmm. I felt like a whole new level of vulnerable. Oh, I bet. I don't, I'm curious if you are like me in this way, that I don't like people, including my husband or my closest friends, to see me struggling. And so I would rather just pretend that all is just great and yep. fine. <laughs> Sweep it under the rug, right. picture, it's all and, good. Or Same. be seen no, as like the badass like... to be like, yes, I'm having a hard yeah. time, but don't worry, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm fine. I've got it. I don't want you to see me like this. Well, that's how I was. And like, when I was crying to him, like, I was like, I'm like, I don't want, you know, I don't want you to like, you know, see me like, like this right now. And he was like, it's fine. He's like, you know, you just had our daughter, like you're, you know, had a hard birth, like we're, you're going through it. It's okay. And I was just like, no, 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 you know? So yeah, very similar. And I think I just couldn't hold back anymore. And I couldn't like, it almost came out like word vomit that I was feeling so dark. And I was telling him how, like, I felt like I was mourning the death of me. And like, I didn't feel like Allie and like, I didn't know who Allie was. And like, maybe this is just my new normal. And I'm supposed to just be a mom and say goodbye to everything else in my life. And, you know, I was like trying to replan like what my future would be like. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just like, you know, become like a lactation expert. And, you know, I I understand that now. And, you know, it was like, I was just trying to like rebuild Allie because I felt like, well, I can't be the one I was before and I have no idea who the hell I am now. So I might as well just make someone new. And that was my way of like hiding it and concealing it and trying just to be like, I'm a badass. I'll just move on and go into something else. So very similar uh, type of feeling for sure. So you ended up reaching out to your doctor and your team of medical professionals. And then what were some of the action steps that came after that and allowed you to get some help and start to feel more like yourself. Yeah. Again. So I reached out to like my doula and midwife and my uh, lactation team who has a postpartum specialist uh, on staff and, you know, went and sat down with them. And first we talked about if I was going to like do, you know, like medically, like, you know, pills or, or this, that, or if I was going to, you know, do, op, you know, alternative way. And again, being who I am and how I'm really not into the medical side of things of where I understand there are necessities it, it just for me, it's not my jam personally. And so, I was like, I really don't want to do it with medication. And I was finally breastfeeding. And so I was like, I'd rather try to do things the other way first. And if it doesn't work Mm -hmm. out, then we can see what goes from there. So for me, meditation became a huge part of it. They had me meditating to certain affirmations and, you know, listening, you know, to just like very like, you know, Tony Robbins and, you know, very, um, you know, Gabby Bernstein and, you know, just, just different things that really drived me and maybe kind of brought back my entrepreneurial spirit and like who Allie was before Allie had a baby and had me really work through different exercises and activities of writing things down and drawing things out and writing out words that I was feeling each day, whether it was a good word or a bad word um, and working through that word and what it meant and releasing those thoughts and those words in my mind and knowing that they were just thoughts and that they weren't real. And I think that was a huge part of it for me was releasing a lot of that working through, you know, the birth trauma and trying to, you know, release it as much as I could, working through also the fact that I hadn't really dealt with my grandmother's death seven, uh, seven years ago now, um, who my daughter is named after. She was like my very best friend, like my entire life. And I, I thought I had kind of dealt with it because I had gone to a very dark place when she had first passed. And I thought I had grieved, but I guess I kind of swept things under the rug back then and I hadn't really dealt with it. And so they believed a lot of that also had to do with it. And like how you were saying sometimes, you know, past experiences, you know, kind of come back up and can uh, show themselves later on. And so for me, that was really what, uh, what was part of was happening. And so I had to do a lot of working through that. And I would just say, you know, it was a lot of journaling and just a lot of self-work. And, you know, they really made me do the work, you know. Did you go to like, therapy? I, were you talking? Yeah, I did. Okay different therapy sessions. It was more um, postpartum specialist uh, therapy. Okay. okay. And, you know, doing those types of 
exercises and writing things down and saying things out loud. And like, again, uh, talking about my words and talking out how I was feeling. And I would say for me, it was more of um, a visualization uh, therapy was a lot of it besides just like coaching and chatting and, you know, talking through a lot of it, because that was helping me more than just talking about it after I had kind of had a few very heavy sessions and released, you know, a lot of that heaviness. It was more like, okay, now we need to visualize like where you're going, what you're trying to do here and help you get to a better space and, you know, all that. And I really, truly, I believe meditation has been even now just so helpful for me and was just ongoing support for me to be able to feel like I have somewhere when I get down or I get like I'm spiraling out of control you know, I can listen to that. I can meditate. I can find that space and no matter where I am. And it helps me and like, you know, the counting and the breathing, all that, the pause, you know, I really had to learn how to pause and like find the beauty in that pause and help myself and allow myself to feel like that. And also teach myself like it was okay and not to have that ego or that pride and be afraid to let others help me or say mm-hmm. when I needed help. Like I learned that, you know, when I would come home, if I was having a hard day and my husband came home from work, I would say to him like, okay, I have to check out. Like I have to go upstairs and get in the bath and glass why now I need you to like be on dad duty. And even though that would be hard for me to express, it was very important for me to learn and mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, express that and look for help and know it wasn't weakness. And it was me, you know, allowing myself to have that self care and make sure I was, you know, in a good place. And so, you know, all of those tools really helped me. And then to be honest, CBD was a huge part of my recovery. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. So explain a little bit about the impact of that. So again, society, I get it. Everyone teach their own, but for me, not personally. And I really was like, okay, what else can I do besides, of course, all these amazing therapies and, you know, affirmations and, you know, drawings and everything. What else can I do to continue when I'm home? And, you know, my midwife, my doula, my specialist, all of them were like, if you don't want to go on drugs, let's try CBD. And they helped me find different tinctures that I could drop, you know, under my tongue to help me. Like if I would wake up in the morning and I'd feel like I'm spinning out of control, I could drop it under my tongue. And after a few minutes, I would start to come down and I would feel that feeling of like the spinning and that chaos would Mm -hmm. slow down and it wouldn't make me like exhausted. It would just give me like that, you know, like that Mm -hmm. just minute of release, which I would need, you know? Mm -hmm. And then if I, felt it again during the day, like they would tell me like, okay, you know, do a couple more drops, you know, under your tongue. And so it was like, for me, the tinctures. And then also, um, I used uh, some of like the bombs, like on my back, whether it be if I was actually like in pain from holding Amelia, or if I just like, wanted to like, I, like feel like that, you know, on my skin and like smell that or like the oils, like all of that, you know, I would add to like, little bits of my wrist or like on like, you know, my temple or in between, you know, kind of my third eye or, you know, things like that. If I needed a little bit more of a release than just the tincture, it would just depend on the day. And obviously, you know, they can kind of tell you like how much you should be doing and that kind of thing. But for me, it started out small and then kind of would increase if I wasn't really feeling, you know, like I was really getting something. And then if it was like a really hard day and I really like wasn't getting past like a few hours and feeling like I was having a really hard time, then it was like directly, I would put it like, you know, in my water, or I would put like a little under my tongue. And then a few hours later, put some in my water, or I would have like a CBD gummy. So it'd be a little bit more potent. Like if that was what I needed, it was like, okay, this is helping me. So like, this is what I should continue to do. And I actually know a lot of friends and even celebs of of mine that like they also swear by how much CBD helped them with postpartum depression. Yeah. Yeah. I've absolutely been hearing more and more about it. And who was guiding you through the like prescription process? I mean, I know you don't need a prescription, but like the dosaging, dosing that kind of stuff. Yeah. The different doses. To be honest, it was a combination of like my midwife as well as my doctor, a little bit, my C-section doctor, like a, like a little bit, cause he was more on like try wanting to get me on pills, but mm-hmm. he was trying to help like, okay, well maybe more of like this milligram than that. And then also to be honest, I really relied on the CBD like community cause there is such a community out oh, there. Yeah. And I really relied on them to be like, okay, you know, because I am breastfeeding, like, 
okay is from what, from what they know, obviously of like a doable, you know, amount or, you know, how many like, you know, milligrams or how many drops. And then I'd also like, once I started getting into certain brands, like I would reach out to the owners of these companies because most of them are small. And I would ask them like, Hey, this is only helping me so much today. So should I do this much more? And they were very honest and they would say, okay, you know, this is, you know, 80, you know, so try this one and only do three drops. And then if you don't feel anything in a couple hours, you know, do two more drops under your tongue. And, you know, they would add, you know, those different things, especially for the tinctures. Cause it kind of depends. Like, are you taking, you know, 750, you know, milligrams of CBD? Are you taking, you know, thousands? So, you know, you kind of have to do a little bit of your own research in that respect and also like see how it affects you. You know, like some people take one drop and they're like, oh, wow, I feel so calm. For me, it was like I needed like two or three under my tongue. And I would start to like feel that like, oh, that breath, you know what I mean? So it was like everyone's, you know, everyone's different. And again, the different levels of how lost I was on different days would depend. Yeah. I love that you had medical professionals kind of guiding you with like, here, let's start with this. And for people listening, because postpartum depression can look like so many different things and it's such a spectrum of intensity. Mm -hmm. I love that this was something that you could start with and it worked well for you. And then for other people, this might be in conjunction with medication or it might be on the road to medication or with exercise or so many different options. Exactly. So many different options. And that was my thing is like, I really appreciated that like I could, you know, use CBD and get that help and, you know, get those resources and have that help me and aid me versus just feeling like, no, no matter what you have to go on this or like, you're not going to be better again, you know? And that was kind of how I felt when I first got in. It was like, you must do this or this is not going to happen. It's like, well, we've all learned now. Like, that's not true. There's so many different ways of doing things Mm -hmm. in all kinds of life, especially when it comes to medicine. So it's like CBD was such a godsend for me. I love it. Thank you so much for explaining that. That I know will be really helpful to our listeners. We just have a couple minutes left and I want to know, about you kind of paving your way. So how old is Amelia now? She is 19 and a half months. Oh my gosh, so cute. So what does life look like now as a mom and an entrepreneur and an influencer and all the things that you're doing? What How is it looking now compared to those dark days? Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you for asking. No, it's like I've said this to like my mom can even like message me like on my social media. Like I'm so in awe of myself and where I've gotten to and how much more is happening and how my career is like just exploding with her like in it and how much more power I've found in myself and like other moms and the mom communities like even like you know your shameless mom community and all these places where like moms thrive together and you feel so empowered and you're like oh my gosh I can do it all maybe not all at once but like Mm -hmm. I can and it's like I just like feel so grateful that I am in such a better place like there's such a light at the end of the tunnel things are thriving for me things are moving for me I have so many great projects and opportunities that I would have never in a million years thought you know would be in front of me and like so many of them are because I'm now a mom and because I have like my beautiful baby girl and she gets to be part of so much of it and it's like now I just I look at life and I'm like wow I'm I'm honestly as hard as postpartum depression was and my birth and everything else like I'm so grateful for where I am now and I like really wouldn't change it. And do you think that your experience in that postpartum phase and feeling such a lack of control has ultimately been a gift in terms of how you manage motherhood and and all the things that you're juggling today? Oh, absolutely. I sit there to myself all the time and say, wow, if I hadn't gone through this, like, would I really maybe handle things the way I do now? Would I find those pauses? Would I Mm -hmm. be present? You know, would I not trigger on one stupid little thing the client would say to me? You know, like, I think back to who Allie was before and who I am now. And like, I don't even recognize that person, but like in the best way possible. And I'm like, wow, I'm still Allie, but I'm just like the best version of Allie. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so like we said at the beginning, like your postpartum experience qualified you for the life you're living now, just like your stripped Mm -hmm. experience. So beautifully said. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's true. It's wild. Yes. Motherhood is such a crazy ride, but it's like, it's just, it's like, you just got to like hang on and just like ride you know, the waves. And I know I'm still so early in it, but it's like, I'm just so like an awe of like my daughter and my life and myself and everything I'm doing and like how much I learn, how much she teaches me and like how I just feel like I grow and evolve every day. And I feel like I've actually never been this place of growth so much. And I'm just like, so looking forward to like even more growth. Mm, I love it. This has been so great. Ali, tell people where they can find you, connect with you, find their podcast, all the good stuff. Oh, yes. Thank you. So you can find my website for styling or, you know, inspiration or mom stuff at AllieLevine.com. 
And then my social media is just Ali Levine Design, A-L-I-L-E-V-I-N-E Design. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. You my podcast, basically anywhere you listen to a podcast. I just got added to iHeartRadio. So I'm very nice. Yes, thank you. Called Stripped Down, S T R I P T D, Stripped Down with Allie Levine. And you will be hearing Sarah on there soon. (laughs) So good. And yeah, and I have some new projects in the works, maybe a line coming. There's a lot of exciting announcements coming soon. So stay tuned. I'm I'm very excited to be sharing. And thank you, Sarah, so much for having me on. And thank you for your shameless mom community. Like I am always on there. I see you in there. Yeah, Allie's in the Facebook group. I love seeing you in there like just always making other mamas like show up for you know themselves and for each other and like it's just amazing I love being a part of your Facebook group oh my gosh I love seeing you in there I get so excited when I see <laughs> guests and people whose shows I've been on in the Facebook group it makes it really really fun so thank oh, you I Allie this has been great I totally appreciate you sharing your story I think it's a really important one and I just appreciate you sharing it such a naked version of it <laughs> <laughs> so well said thank you so much for having me on and having me share my story Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.